Episode 130 of One Man Watch Point. This is, of course, an Overwatch podcast where we talk about everything going on in the wonderful world of Overwatch. If you're a returning listener, thank you so much for joining us again. And if you're new around here, my name's Sir Dr. JM. That's at Sir DRJM. And you can follow me on all socials where you can reach out to me, bring me questions, comments, concerns, topics, anything you want over on Twitter, and I'll bring them to the show. Of course, this is an Overwatch show, so we welcome all sorts of questions about Overwatch, the Overwatch League, uh, the Overwatch World Cup, anything like that. But of course, we also celebrate video games here, and if you've got topics about Blizzard games, about video games in general, bring them to me over there, and we'll bring them to the show. You can, of course, find this podcast on all your favorite podcast services everywhere that's spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, etc etc so give us a follow leave us a review tell your friends and all that jazz and of course if you enjoy what you hear on today's episode check out the ready set pwn podcast available on podcast services everywhere where i join my hosts chris and alex every other week to talk about everything vancouver titans and toronto defiant amongst other overwatch league news now I have to admit that this episode is going to be coming out late. It'll be coming out uh, on likely Friday, November 3rd. I normally post these episodes on Wednesday. However, as you may be able to tell by my voice, I'm a little under the weather. So I took a couple days to recover a little bit, but I'm still feeling it. So this is going to be a short episode. We're going to try not to talk too much to save my voice and throat a little bit. I can't seem to shake these sicknesses. I keep getting sick here, so... Hopefully, this will not be too much, and uh, you'll join us in a couple weeks' time Well, when I'm feeling much better. So, enough with all that. Let's head on into the show. I'll do this alone if I have to. All right, we're going to kick things off over on DottieSports.com with an article by Max Michelli, posted on October 30th, which reads, Overwatch 2 details Le Seraphim collab, including new concert clash, game mode, and free skin. Now, of course, by the time you're listening to this, I mean... It's been a week. If you follow Overwatch at all, you know about the Le Seraphim collaboration. But I'll read through this article. Hopefully it maybe brings some new tidbit to light for you. And uh, you have something to celebrate here. Um, we'll talk about it after the fact. So let's get into the article here. Overwatch 2's social media account today shared more information about the game's upcoming collaboration with Le Seraphim. And fans are getting more than they anticipated. In a post to Twitter today, Blizzard shared a one-minute video with Overwatch 2 fans giving details about its Le Seraphim collab event that starts on Wednesday, November 1st. Along with a handful of new Le Seraphim-inspired skins that will go on sale in the game's shop, there will be five new dance emotes, a limited-time capture-the-flag game mode, and a free legendary skin. Players can expect to see bundles for the new Brigitte, Diva, Kiriko, Sombra, and Tracer skins in the shop starting Wednesday afternoon, and they will likely include dance emotes that Blizzard showed off in today's video posted to social media. The emotes appear to have the same choreography that Le Seraphim used for their recently released Perfect Night music video. We scroll on down just a little bit there, and of course we have the tweet embedded there by the Play Overwatch account says, Get ready for the Overwatch 2 cross Le Seraphim event. They've got a Concert Clash limited time mode, Le Seraphim-inspired skins, five new dance emotes, earn legendary Foxy James Junkrat skin, play the limited time Overwatch 2 cross Le Seraphim event on November 1st. 
The game's new limited time mode, Concert Clash, will be a 3v3 capture the flag mode that looks like it will include jump pads. Based on today's trailer, the game mode will take place on the control map Busan. It's unclear if other maps will be included. Meanwhile, the event will also offer players a chance to earn the free legendary skin, but it's not for a character that you'd expect to see involved in a K-pop collab. The new legendary Foxy James Junkrat skin will be a challenge reward during the La Seraphim event that begins Wednesday. At first glance, the skin may be the skin being given legendary doesn't seem to be especially appropriate. Outside of a new haircut and some purple clothes, the skin seems relatively normal, but hey, if you're a Junkrat main that wants to glam him up a bit, have at it. Now, one thing I'll say max there. You're playing it up a little bit here. That's a little bit of your personal opinion on the Junkrat skin, which I personally think is fabulous. Um, definitely go check out the the images of this guy because it's uh, totally in theme with, with the whole collab and everything, of course. Um, but it gives us, you know, a peek into Junkrat's personal life, of course, something we don't normally see, right? This is, this is lore building at its finest, absolutely. Just shows us what does Junkrat really truly enjoy and appreciate? Well, the answer to that is K-pop. Now, I actually, uh, as I think most people were, have been blown away by the amount of content and just the extent to which this this um, this collab is really coming forward, I guess. It kind of feels like, and, and maybe this was just me, maybe I was not as into it when it came to the... Um, to the um, previous collaboration, of course, the the one with um, what was it, One, Pen- one Punch Man. Um, but I really feel like this one is being treated a lot grander. Um, yes, I was impressed with the first one in that you know there was a loading screen and it wasn't just skins. Um, they kind of they did jazz things up a little more and and have a lot of uh, you know kind of detailed references to One Punch Man, which I really appreciated. But it really feels like with this one, it's it's on another level. And I think a big part of that is, of course, because this is, um, you know, being promoted and celebrated by Le Seraphim, of course. Um, it is actually, you know, uh, showing them off, not only sort of in the references to them, but with their music. And then, of course, the opposite goes as well. It is, of course, showing off um, Overwatch to Le Seraphim fans, right? Given that the... Um, the actual uh, music video heavily features uh, Overwatch. I think uh, Overwatch Cavalry on uh, Instagram and Twitter at, I believe it's OW Cavalry. Um, I believe they actually posted just a short clip of uh, the the uh, music video, but only the Overwatch parts. And I think it's, you know, a full minute and 10 seconds or something is just straight up Overwatch cinematic style uh, animation. So... So overall, I mean, I've I've been blown away with with how exciting this feels. And the interesting thing about it is, um, I'm not, you know, I previously wasn't a Le Seraphim fan, right? Um, I in fact don't believe I had ever heard of them until they announced and started teasing this collab and everything. Um, but once they did, of course, I checked out some of their music, and you know, I thought this is kind of cool. And then, of course, Perfect Night dropped. You may have heard my dog growling in the background. Don't worry, she's trying to play with me. Um, but then the uh, the single dropped, and of course I listened to it and watched the video and everything like that, and I found myself really getting into it. So I'm actually quite impressed with this, um, and I'm really enjoying enjoying the music. And unfortunately, I actually have not had a chance to jump into the game for 
honestly a little bit here I'd uh, actually been focusing on Spider-Man and then of course uh, life happened I got sick and everything like that but I am really looking forward to checking it out now the one thing that is kind of a drawback about this collaboration of course is that we know it is uh, a little on the expensive side um, I've heard people definitely saying uh, or showing off just how expensive it is I think it is technically 68 US dollars which uh, translates to somewhere around a hundred Canadian dollars which is pretty rough actually let's let's do a quick Google here let's go overwatch 2 le seraphim uh, what it, bundle bundle price uh, 50 US dollars it looks like 6800 coins that's what I saw sorry uh, 6800 coins which is roughly well which is listed as $50 on the Blizzard Entertainment Store so of course Canadian that's going to be a little bit more than that uh, but anyways there is a I'm just reading here we got the prices straight from Blizzard individual anti-fragile legendary skin 1900 overwatch coins each the hero le oh sorry le seraphim bundle 2500 each which is the anti-fragile legendary skin choreography emote anti-fragile victory pose anti-fragile name card and Kira Kiramari Weapon Charm, exclusive for the Kiriko Le Seraphim Bundle. Then they have the Mega Le Seraphim Bundle, which includes all five hero bundles and is 6,800 coins. So, uh, oh, here we go. If you need to stock up on Overwatch 2 coins, we've got you covered. You can make a one-time purchase of 5,000 Overwatch coins and get a bonus of 2,500 coins, which is enough to get the Mega Le Seraphim Bundle for only 50 US dollars. Or go on a shopping spree when you make a one-time purchase of 10,000 Overwatch coins and get a bonus of five thousand for ninety nine dollars ninety nine U S dollars cents. This is a limited time offer available now through December fourth. So they're doing some promotions here to try and you know get people in. Overall, the value to me is there. Um, will I buy it at those prices? Mm, probably not. But I will take a look at how many coins I have and see what I can get. Uh, my my two personal favorite skins here are definitely the uh, Sombra one and the Brig one, uh, probably Brig being my number one. Uh, and out of these characters, probably the character that I play the most, although D.Va is probably the second that I that I play the most out of these particular characters. But I think every single one of these uh, is extremely well-designed, detailed, um, and really kind of speaks to not only the Le Seraphim fan base, but really kind of the... I think the broader Overwatch audience and the, the audience Overwatch uh, generally attracts. So I know there have been people that have said they're not fans of it because it's K-pop and things like that. And I understand that. But uh, I think speaking about their more broad but dedicated audience, I think this is a, a really good one. So certainly not a crossover I ever thought we would see or ever would have guessed. Uh, but overall, I like it quite a bit. So that is the Le Seraphim collab, so definitely check those out, and if you can afford it, drop some bucks and get those skins and such. Moving on from there, we're going to stay with .esports, we're actually going to stay with Max Michelli, but this time, move to an article on October 31st, which reads, Blizzard drops surprise Overwatch 2 patch with changes to nearly half the game's heroes. So of course, uh, in this article here, uh, he doesn't actually go into the patch notes, so I'll go ahead and just read through the article. It'll give you a quick uh, sort of summary of what we're seeing. Blizzard told Overwatch fans there were changes on the horizon during a recent blog post, but the expectation was they'd come with the mid-cycle Season 7 patch after BlizzCon. Instead, those changes came just days before the yearly convention. 
A patch for Overwatch 2 dropped today, and it's sure to shake things up, uh, shake up the game's meta with balance changes for 15 of the game's heroes. The game's developers noted the changes coming to the game today, October 31st, are, quote, largely focused on widening the window of time players have during combat between some impactful cooldowns. Blizzard's lead hero designer, Alec Dawson, previously said in the game's most recent developer blog that the team was looking to adjust a lot of the utility support heroes have. This decision came following feedback from players who believed many support heroes were too powerful. They've got the tweet here from Alec Dawson. Handful of nerfs this patch as we look to open up more windows of opportunity to attack supports. Trying something different with Zen's Discord so that tanks can effectively remove the orb for a short time. Also some nice new rumbles for controller. Despite the game's healing role being the smallest faction of the game's roster, six of the 15 heroes changed in today's patch were support heroes, making it clear Blizzard had a point to make. Many of the changes were minor nerfs to various ability cooldowns. Life Weaver's Life Grip, Kuriko's Protection, Suzuana's Biotic Grenade, Ilari's Healing Pylon, and Baptiste's Immortality Field all ended up with slightly longer cooldowns. Meanwhile, Zenyatta received the most significant nerf, even though he is by no means the most heavily used support hero. To satisfy some of the complaints from tank players who find themselves constantly debuffs with an orb of discord, Blizzard made it so that the ability can't be reapplied to the same target for 7 seconds once it's removed from that target. Though supports were the main heroes affected by today's series of nerfs, other characters also had the effectiveness of their crowd control and utility abilities nerfed, including Cassidy's Magnetic Grenade, the Slow from Maze Endothermic Blaster, and Doomfist's Rocket Punch. Expect the game's devs to explain the philosophies behind these changes this weekend during BlizzCon, which begins Friday, November 3rd, and runs until Saturday, November 4th. So, there you have it. That's uh, sort of a peek at the changes that dropped here. If you are interested, go check out the patch notes. Um, the interesting thing is, like they say, it's largely targeting supports, which I think has been sort of the big, big talk on the internet lately is the fact that it does feel, um, I mean, I don't want to say targeted, but at the same time, it is very targeted and, and they kind of identified that, right? They're really trying to make it so that um, supports have less, I don't even know how to describe it, um, less that they can do during that period of time where some of their key abilities uh, are not in use. So really, in essence, it encourages a better cooldown rotation. Um, I think that is kind of a, uh, a higher level look at it. However, I think the big challenge with that is, of course, the casual player. Um, you know, the casual player isn't too, too interested in cooldown rotations with their other players on their team. But at the same time, is the casual player going to notice these balancing tweaks, changes? Eh, probably not that much. I think, for the most part, I think the you know casual user base isn't really affected by most changes unless they're sort of larger scale changes to uh, power, health, damage output, um, and things like that. Zen is the most interesting one because that will be uh, certainly a new feel to Zen. Um, I mean, previously you could basically just spam Discord Orb over and over and over and over and over again um, as people peek and then jump behind a wall, peek, jump behind a wall. So you could literally go from character to character to character and back. But now you have to be much more selective with that because, of course, you drop it on a character, they drop behind a wall, and a different character comes out, you drop it on that character, they drop behind a wall. Well, now you can't, you can't tag either of those characters 
um, you know, for that seven second cool down kind of thing. And it's, I shouldn't say cool down because it's not a cool down. Um, grace period, we'll call it. So anyways, it's interesting. It'll, it'll take some getting used to, that's for sure. But overall, um, I'm sort of excited to see how these changes play. Again, I haven't played the, the game in, in a while now, and I really, I want to get back into it. Uh, unfortunately, I, well, unfortunately, but fortunately, I've been trying to beat Spider-Man, um, and it's just such a, such a fun and open game that I, I haven't had a chance, and I've actually been watching a lot of shows lately too, so anyways, things take me away from it. But that's what you have for the patch. And of course, as they touch on there as well, we know we'll be getting the mid-season patch soon too, uh, likely just after BlizzCon, but of course, we don't know what exactly that will be just yet. Um, and speaking of that, let's jump on over to our, our next article, which isn't quite an article, but from Blizzard, of course, they do have the broadcast schedule for BlizzCon 2023. So I'll quickly just read through the schedule here, and then we can kind of dive into it. So of course, November 3rd, that's Friday, November 3rd, or by the time you're listening to this, today. Hopefully you listen to this beforehand, so you have a bit of a heads up on these. But there are, of course, going to be two Blizz, uh, sorry, two Overwatch panels put on. Um, so I'll run through the whole schedule of Friday, November 3rd, and then move to Friday, uh, Saturday, November 4th. Then we'll come back and talk about the, the panels. So November 3rd, 11 a.m., and I should mention all these times are in Pacific Daylight Time. So 11 a.m., we have our opening ceremonies. 1.30 p.m., we have World of Warcraft, What's Next? 2.30 p.m., we have Overwatch 2, Deep Dive. 3.30 p.m., we have WoW Classic, What's Next? 4.30 p.m., we have Hearthstone, What's Next? And 5.30 p.m., we have Warcraft Rumblings. Then on Saturday, November 4th, at 12 p.m., we have World of Warcraft, Deep Dive. At 1.30 p.m., we have Overwatch 2, What's Next? At 2.30 p.m., we have Diablo 4, Campfire Chat. At 4.45 p.m. we have Community Night, and at 6.15 p.m. we have the La Seraphim appearance. So, of course, what we want to focus on is the Overwatch stuff. So, Friday, November 3rd, Overwatch 2 Deep Dive happening at 2.30 p.m., of course, Pacific Daylight Time, but 3.30 p.m. Mountain Time, Mountain Daylight Time, uh, that's me. What are we going to get in the Deep Dive? To me, uh, I would assume the deep dive is going to be um, likely a look at uh, the newest hero, of course, who we uh, know is going to be a tank, and I think we expect is going to be Mauga. Um, I kind of feel like it's maybe the worst kept secret uh, around the net right now, but of course, we don't know that for sure. They could surprise us and, and give us another tank hero. Um, I would assume if, if they are doing, air quotes, a deep dive, we're going to get a look at his kit, a look at his abilities, uh, you know, a look at gameplay, um, likely background story, maybe a cinematic. I don't think it would be a fully-fledged, you know, animated cinematic, but we may get uh, one of those um, more sort of hand-drawn style ones. Uh, maybe some of the lore history between him and Baptiste comes into play. Maybe some of the ties to the new Samoa map, something like that. Um but hopefully they give us enough to really chew on something. Um, the interesting thing about that, of course, it's deep dive. So it's kind of like, well, if they're showing us what's coming soon, that's kind of showing us what's next, which is, of course, the name of the other panel. So I have to kind of just assume that deep dive is a deep dive into something. And that would make the most sense, right? A deep dive into uh, the upcoming hero. 
Um, in terms of what's next, which is, of course, the Saturday, November 4th at 1.30 p.m. Pacific Daylight Time or 2.30 p.m. Mountain Daylight Time, um, that's the Overwatch panel on Saturday, I have to assume what's next is going to be more focused on the roadmap further out. Of course, we know every handful of seasons uh, or after every three, four, I want to say after the first three seasons, they of course showed off season uh, um, the roadmap, which hinted or which largely showed off seasons four, five, and sort of hinted at six. And then of course, I think when uh, after five dropped, they did another one where it really showed off season six being, I believe, Invasion and hinted at some of season seven, right? So I have a feeling it'll be another kind of one of those updates where uh, we see, okay, season seven, the one that's currently ongoing, ends, I believe, December 2nd. So that means season eight will start shortly thereafter and take us into the new year. I would expect we'll see what's coming in season eight. We'll probably see a little tiny bit of season nine. Um, and then, of course, we'll get some hints at what's to come after that. They won't necessarily commit it to Season 10, but I think they will uh, kind of show off and say, this is what we're looking at, uh, you know, further down the road. So, of course, um, actually, another thing that we may see in either of these, maybe in the deep dive, could, of course, be the Roadhog changes, right? We know those are coming this season, uh, Season 7. So it wouldn't surprise me if they tie those into the tank uh, reveal kind of thing. Show off Mauga, but then also show off uh, the new Roadhog look kind of thing. In any case, um, you know, going back to the what's next, I expect we'll get that roadmap uh, during the what's next panel. And what what could we actually see? Well, of course, we know Mauga is coming with uh, season 8 here that's going to take us into the new year. That means, in theory, if they follow the same pattern, Season 9 will be another map. And then Season 10 would, of course, be another hero. And I believe that would mean we're in line for another DPS hero. Because I want to say they did say that they would go... Uh, they're, they're purposely stacking things uh, with new heroes uh, on the sport side to balance out the number of supports uh, in comparison to the other characters. And that is almost balanced, but I think we have now come back around to the time where it's time for another damage hero, which is always exciting. Everyone loves a new damage hero, right? We're getting a new tank, so tank will again, uh, you know, continue to be slightly ahead of supports. But I believe we'll get another uh, another damage hero, and then it'll go back to another support um, and everything like that. So anyways, that's kind of what we're looking at for BlizzCon. Uh, very exciting stuff. Um, I might actually try and check out the opening ceremonies honestly um you know usually i just find they're extremely hype uh very exciting stuff and you know even if they don't necessarily announce anything at the opening ceremonies of course it's it's a celebration of blizzard right it's a celebration of these games that we love obviously um there's a focus on i mean if you look at things the the two names that come up here the most of course we have world of warcraft which is their you know bread and butter their meat and potatoes if you will but the other name that comes up here twice is Overwatch. Um, and I think that kind of speaks volumes. Of course, they do have, uh, you know, Hearthstone and Diablo listed here. Um, Diablo, I think, uh, in many ways, they're kind of eating crow on right now. They would have preferred to have that goodwill that they had when Diablo launched uh, with them right now. And, of course, they've had a little bit of flack and a little bit of hard times have fallen upon Diablo, if you will. Um but regardless, you know, it, it's looking, it looks like 
well, World of Warcraft may be their first pillar. It looks like Overwatch 2 may be their second pillar kind of thing now. Um, and that's exciting. That's exciting for us Overwatch fans. So I think we're all uh, very much looking forward to what they have to announce. Now, of course, uh, you're going to be listening to this episode, and then you're not going to get another episode of One Man Watchpoint until halfway through November. So we'll have lots of time to digest, but on our next episode, you can expect us to talk about some of the things that are announced. Now, that's going to be it for the news here. Um, that's all the stories I have to tell. So I think we'll we'll head on over and we'll actually just change gears and talk a little bit about the Overwatch League because we do have some, uh, some things to talk about there, albeit relatively brief. And then uh, we'll dive into a little bit of World Cup action. This is it. Push forward. All right. So as I mentioned, this will uh, actually be relatively quick as we go through this. Um, but ultimately, I, I wanted to, to talk about this because, of course, it is very important to the Overwatch League. Um, now, on last episode, you will remember I kind of went through all of the, uh, or all of the, at the very least, um, many of the teams that have, uh, I don't want to say thrown in the towel, but announced what's happening with their, their team, their organization, things like that, um, you know, going into the Overwatch League offseason. So we talked about the Toronto Defiance, who... Um, you know, are letting everyone go with the exception of their head coach. Uh, we talked about the Seoul Dynasty. Uh, they are, of course, going away. The Shanghai Dragons, um, you know, Boston Uprising retaining. Oh, I don't believe we talked about Boston, actually. Anyways, a few other teams that uh, did announce they were they were keeping some organization members and things like that or letting go of everyone. Now, again, uh, I've been doing a poor job of keeping track of this, but I did pull a list that just kind of lists... Um, all of these. So some of this is going to be um, uh, reiterating what I spoke about last week. Uh, some of it will be, you know, quite literally a repeat. However, there is a little bit of new news in here. So, um, of course, let's just start where we have it written down here. So Boston announced they were keeping Decay, Smurf, and Moby Dick. Uh, oh, and Pre, sorry. And they cut the rest. Washington, meanwhile, announced they were keeping Alpha Yi, Flora, Teru, and Danny. They actually exercised their options. So um, most contracts are, a, in many cases, a one plus one, uh, which means you are signed for one year, and the team has the option to retain you for another year if they want to at the end of that first season. Um, or they can you know, put you out to the market, and in this case, all of the options were exercised for those players. They cut the rest, though. Florida, of course, keeping Albert Yeh on, and everyone else from that championship team is now gone. The San Francisco Shock let go of everyone, the Seoul Dynasty let go of everyone, the New York Excelsior let go of everyone, and the Los Angeles Valiant let go of everyone. And the latest one to break, of course, uh, this, I believe this came out just the other day on October 31st, the London Spitfire announced they were parting ways with all of their coaching staff and all of their players. Um, so that does, in fact, include Christopher, their uh, head coach, of course, um, and Commander X, who I believe was assistant coach, um, along with all their players. So very interesting. Um, not, again, obviously, as we know, not incredibly surprising. We are kind of expecting these announcements um, and, and this information to be coming up with every team, whether or not they choose to announce it. So Ultimately, I'm I'm glad that they have said something. I'm, I, I, I appreciate the teams being transparent about these things. 
um, as does I think everyone. Uh, you know, there's nothing, nothing quite as quite worse than than waiting and not knowing, right? Um, oh, another team that I just remembered uh, posted a little goodbye video and announced they're getting rid of everyone is the Hangzhou Spark. Uh, they they did a nice little goodbye uh, sort of tour of their office as they turned out the lights. So, anyways, teams are folding, moving on with their lives for now, and uh, who knows what the future holds. Now. We're through that, so let's talk a little bit about the Overwatch World Cup. So if you've been unaware, the Overwatch World Cup uh, group stages have been proceeding this past week. Of course, they kicked off on Sunday, October 29th, and ran through Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday. Uh, teams do have Thursday off, and then on Friday again, they begin playing, albeit with a much smaller group as teams have been eliminated. So uh, I won't bother covering all the games that happened already, because this point if you're following the overwatch world cup you already know but let's talk a little bit about the upcoming matches so tomorrow or by the time you're listening to this today uh friday november 3rd at 10 30 a.m pt so that's pacific time korea plays canada so i don't know any way in which canada beats korea um i it just doesn't look good for canada uh, canada has a a good team um, but not one of the strongest teams. I would say in this group of teams that are facing off on Friday to uh, hopefully make it to the finals, semifinals, third place match, things like that, um, I would say Canada is in the bottom half of those teams and maybe the bottom two. Um, so looking at the teams that are in this, of course, we have Korea taking on Canada at 10.30 a.m., we have China taking on the USA at 1.45 p.m. We have Great Britain taking on Finland at 4.15 p.m. And the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia taking on Spain at 5.45 p.m. So looking at this group as a whole, or these remaining teams, I would say going from, from the bottom to the or worst team to the best team, you probably have Spain at the bottom. You probably then have Canada, honestly. Um then it's maybe Great Britain and Finland are kind of maybe on par or close to it. Then you probably have the USA and China are pretty close, but I think China edges out the USA a little bit, uh, given that the Chinese team is mostly the Hangzhou Spark. And then, of course, you have uh, sort of uh, South Korea and the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia in those sort of two top dog slots. So... Unfortunately, as I mentioned, I don't think Canada stands much of a chance. Now, that said, we do have four matches on Saturday, November 4th. So, uh, I believe two teams will be eliminated here, and then uh, these other teams will play to sort of seed the finals. Um, but in any case, I think Korea-Canada, I'm hopeful Canada is able to put up a fight. Uh, ultimately, I wouldn't be surprised. It is uh, first to two maps, not first to three, which kind of sucks. You're out a lot quicker. Um, but I wouldn't be surprised to see it be 2-0. That would be my prediction. After that, we have China taking on the USA. I have to give the edge to China. Um, they beat uh, Thailand previously. They beat uh, Spain already. They beat Hong Kong already. And they also... Oh, that's that's it okay okay interesting so we haven't actually seen china take on an opponent that is incredibly strong i would say uh the u.s on the other hand beat japan which uh was it was a good match 
Um, they did lose to the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia. They beat France 2-1. And then, of course, uh, they also... Oh, I thought they played on the first day. I guess they didn't play on the first day. That's it. So we have some interesting stuff going on here and some surprises. It wouldn't surprise me if the USA is beaten by China. Um, but I'm, you know, given the USA team is made up of a lot of players from the Overwatch League that I did follow and root for, I will be rooting for the USA. But I will also be rooting for China because, man, that Hangzhou Spark team, like, come on. They're so good. They're so good. Uh, Finland, Great Britain. Finland has been a surprise this tournament for me personally, but Finland is also known to have some good Overwatch players. So, um, you know, I'm quite pleased with them. They're they're doing well. I could see them getting a win over Great Britain. Um, Great Britain has, let's see, Great Britain got a win over Brazil. Great Britain got a win over Australia. And then, of course, Great Britain also got a win over Canada. Um, so, again... Not the toughest opponents that Great Britain has faced thus far, but Finland, on the other hand, let's see who they... So they lost 2-1 to Korea. They beat Colombia 2-0. They didn't play on Monday, and they beat Mexico 2-0. So Finland kind of in the same boat. So that one could be a bit of anybody's game. Um, will be interesting to see what happens there. And then, of course, the Kingdom of Saudi Arabia taking on Spain is probably going to be a bit of a wash in favor of uh, Saudi Arabia. Um, very unfortunately, I think we'd all like to see them lose. Uh, Spain played Hong Kong and beat them. Spain lost to Team China. Spain beat Thailand, and that's it. So anyways, uh, Saudi Arabia, like I say, is definitely one of the top contenders, unfortunately. Uh, they're a pretty good team, um, you know. They do have a player or two that I think we can all cheer for and was in the Overwatch League, things like that. Um, but overall, I don't think many people, at least over here, want them to win uh, because of controversies that have happened around that team and uh, their uh, worldwide beliefs, we'll put it that way. So anyways, uh, that is going to be it for your Friday matches. And then, of course, all your Saturday matches are TBD. But things do kick off at 10.30 a.m. again. Uh, this is Pacific time. Uh, the second match is actually earlier than the second match on Friday. It is at 12.15 p.m., and that means all subsequent matches are earlier. Then our next match is at 3.15 p.m., and then finally 4.45 p.m. will be our final. So that is what you're looking at for your Overwatch World Cup. And with all of that said, as I mentioned, it's going to be a shorter show. I'm feeling under the weather. I'd like to wrap things up here. I'd like to go watch a show before I go to bed. So let's close things out. I feel greatly empowered. Well, there you have it. This was a quick one while he's away. This is, of course, One Man Watchpoint, episode 130. One Man Watchpoint is an Overwatch podcast. You know that if you just listen to it. And you know that I'm Sir Dr. JM. That's your host, at Sir DRJM. Follow me on social. Follow me over on Twitter. Tweet at me. Shoot me a DM. Whatever you want. Give me topics. Give me questions. Give me comments. Give me concerns. And I'll bring them to the show. And we'll throw them at the wall and we'll see what sticks. If you enjoyed your, today's episode, please like, subscribe, share, all that fun stuff. You can find us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, etc., etc. Give us a follow, leave us a review, tell your friends, and all that jazz. If you are at BlizzCon 2023, have fun, enjoy yourself. I'm very jealous. I tweeted out today that I'm very jealous of all my friends that I made at Grand Finals, uh, getting the chance to go to BlizzCon. Um, honestly, it would it would you know, call it a bucket list item, call it a dream of mine. I would love, absolutely love to go one day and uh, 
experience all that there is to experience at BlizzCon. So I do actually have a coworker who's there right now, um, so I'm looking forward to hearing all about it from him. I'm sure uh, I'm sure it's going to be a blast. So thank you all so much for listening, and we'll catch you in two weeks' time for another episode of One Man Watchpoint. Oh, you shouldn't have.